0: Talking about organ donation with kids can be easy and not something you should have to keep a secret.
1: If a child's curious about something, especially organ donation, they should know about it. Thanks for
2: tuning in to Let's Talk Hope. I'm Lauren Klavnik. And I'm Miriam Shuck. Today we're going to focus on the topic of organ donation and how it relates to our youth, how to approach the topic with them and some efforts that a group of students put together to start the conversation with their peers. Later in the episode, you'll hear from Sarah Miller and Sammy Newman, who will talk about the organization Sarah founded, Student Organ Donation Advocates, and the work they do on campuses.
0: We're first joined by Marissa Martin, a donor mother whose son tragically passed away in a motorcycle accident, but has created a legacy by saving lives through the gift of donation. Marissa. We would love if you could start by telling us about your son, Andrew.
1: My son, Andrew, was a 16-year-old All-American boy. He was absolutely amazing, Um, loved his family, was a four-sport athlete, a straight-A student, was getting into business and investing. He worked very hard um, with four jobs and bought his own car on February 29th. And he was just an all-around amazing, amazing young man, and we miss him dearly. Did you have a
2: chance to talk to Andrew about donation before he passed?
1: We did not. And that does upset me. His birthday was February 11th, and his dad took him to the DMV a few days after that to get his license. And when the person asked, do you want to be an organ donor? He said, absolutely. You know, my husband was really proud of him. He came home. He told me. We were both like, wow, this is awesome. Let's talk about it when we have some time. And that didn't happen. But we know he absolutely wanted to do it and was like, why wouldn't you be an organ donor? When
2: I started working at Gift of Hope 12 years ago, uh, my daughter was 10. And Mm -hmm. she was so excited about it. And she would tell everybody that I worked at Gift of Hope and that you had to be an organ donor. But a lot of people gave me criticism for talking to her about what organ and tissue donation was at 10 years old. How soon should we have the conversation with our children about organ and tissue donation?
1: It depends on the child, but if you have a, a mature child or a child who is curious about it, or maybe there's a relative or a family friend who has passed away and they, they hear the word organ donor, they should know. I don't think there's any age that's too early if the child's curious about something, especially organ donation, they should know about it. They, you should find the correct way of telling them and making them understand so that they can be able to appreciate it and understand what it's all about. So I don't think a 10-year-old is too young at all. I don't even think maybe a 7- and 8-year-old is too young. It just depends on the child and how you approach it with them.
0: Yeah, it's interesting you say that because When I got my driver's license, I signed up to be a donor kind of without thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And I remember talking to my parents and it was something we had just talked about in the past. So I do think you're right that it can just be a normalized conversation.
1: It's the same. I mean, you have conversations with your children about many things that are part of life, you know, drugs and, and alcohol and money and friendships and hard work and ethics. So why would this not be involved in a conversation as well. And part of what we're going to do with the Andrew Strong Foundation is make sure that um, young kids, adults, teenagers know about organ donation and how important it is. So I myself at 44 am learning all about it.
0: Can you tell us more about the foundation and how you plan to continue the legacy of your son through the foundation?
1: We created the Andrew Strong Foundation For a few reasons. One, it's my best medicine right now. I love talking about my son. I love sharing um, the wonderful gift of hope that he had. And my husband and I did not go to college. We went to a community college, but didn't have the full college experience. And part of what Andrew and I were going to be working on as he was getting older was getting scholarships and finding that financial aid to get through college and not be in debt. So the Andrew Strong Foundation, not only is it talking about gift of hope, It's offering scholarships and financial aid to seniors and financial aid to children ages 5 through 17 so they can have all the wonderful experiences, whether it's athletic, musical, academic, whatever they need, so they can have all the wonderful experiences that Andrew had and not have to worry about financially covering it. And the scholarships are so that kids can go to college and and not have to worry so much about all the money that it involves. That's really awesome, Marissa. As you know, 2020 was a
2: challenging year for students across the board when you talk about remote learning yes, and being able to be in school or not be in school, especially for college students. But not only that, COVID was hard in itself. Can you tell us what it was like to experience the loss of Andrew in this just tragic circumstances, but also in this COVID era.
1: I think the toughest thing for my husband and I and our family at this moment is we have not been able to have a full mass. Andrew was Catholic and we want to give him what he deserves, a full mass and a burial. And we have more than 50 people that want to attend. We probably have 200 to 300 people that want to attend. So right now with COVID, we are patiently waiting for phase five to come so we can put some closure to a lot of Andrew's friends who are struggling with not having this bit of closure for him. COVID also made it very, my husband and I felt very alone a lot of the time. Well, sometimes felt alone in the hospital because we weren't allowed to have family join us. Luckily, we were able to be by his side, but with COVID, you couldn't allow anybody else to come in. So it gave us some Sometimes a feeling alone because you just don't have that support of family next to you.
0: Outside of the hospital, how has your community rallied around you and supported you in this awful time?
1: The community has been absolutely phenomenal to our family and to Andrew. We did have a car procession that drove past all of Andrew's favorite spots and it also drove past the accident site. And we had about 400 cars that attended that. The community put up ribbons, have blue lights, just really, really, really have supported us throughout this tragedy. They've been there for Andrew's younger son, Zachary. Many people check in on him, make sure he's doing okay. So it's definitely been helpful knowing that the support is really all around us.
0: That's really amazing. What advice could you give to someone who might want to support someone who has lost a child or someone who has gone through this but might not know the right way to reach out?
1: It is difficult when you don't know what to say or or what to do. My suggestion is, as there was times when my husband and I would get a message from somebody maybe we knew in the past or don't know at all, just a little message, you know, we're thinking about you and your family, something as little as that makes all the difference. It lets us know that in our tragedy and our heartache. We are not alone. And there are many people who we know and don't know who are thinking about you.
2: What would you say to families that have children? And how do you help siblings through this type of loss while you're also struggling as a mother and as a father?
1: With our son, Zachary, who Andrew and Zach were a little over two years apart, very, very close. They'd never let you know that though, but they were close. Mm -hmm. You know, the suggestion of counseling and support in that sense, but it really, again, it depends on your child. And with Zach, we surrounded him with what he wanted, which he wanted his family. He wanted his cousins. He wanted to do things that brought him near Andrew, like they both love to golf. So we did a lot of golfing. We do take time, either myself or my husband, and, and ask him, how are you doing? Do you need something that we're not able to offer you? We just kind of make sure that he knows we're there. He has his moments. It's just more of keeping an eye on him silently and also letting him know that we're there. You don't want to just go back into everything super normal. You just got to make sure you know, hey, mom's here for you. If you're having a rough time, but you can't talk to me, Call up, you know, your aunt or something, you know, just making sure that they know you're there so they don't feel so alone.
0: Marissa, before we wrap up, if someone wants to get involved with the Andrew Strong Foundation or donate, how can they go about doing that?
1: If they go to our Andrewstrong.org website, there is a donate page. We are also going to have a volunteer page. We have a 5K walk run coming up as well as a golf outing coming up both this summer that we're looking for volunteers and sponsors. But if they go to the andrewstrong.org website, they can see what it's all about there.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today on Let's Talk Hope and You're telling us about your son, Andrew. It's truly an honor to hear about him and his legacy and everything that you guys will accomplish with the foundation moving forward.
1: Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking to you both.
0: We're now joined by Sarah Miller and Sammy Newman. Sarah is the founder of Student Organ Donation Advocates, or SODA, and Sammy is a SODA student leader at the University of Illinois. I'd first like to ask you both why you're passionate about organ donation. Sarah, could you answer first? I became passionate about organ
3: donation after the biggest tragedy of my life. When I was uh, about 12 years old, my older sister suddenly became sick, and I went to the hospital. And we didn't know what was happening, but uh, we soon realized that she was critically ill. And over the course of a few days, her condition went from bad to worse, and she was declared brain dead. On the worst day of my life, my family decided that my sister, Laura, would be an organ donor. And so I've been really passionate ever since about sharing this Miracle of organ donation and making sure that others also learn about how organ donation can not only save lives but also help the organ donor families heal from from tragedy as well.
2: And Sammy, can you answer next?
4: Um, yes. When I was very young, I remember a close family friend of mine. Their son passed away in a pool. I always remember my parents talking about how their parents decided to donate his organs. And what a brave decision that was. And that always kind of just stuck with me as something that was so important and so courageous to be able to help other
2: families. And Sarah, can you tell us why you thought it was important to have an organization like Soda that caters to our student population?
3: When I went to college back in 2014, I wanted to share my passion for organ donation with my peers. Uh, so I went to my local organ procurement organization in St. Louis. And I tried to get involved, but the OPO wasn't quite sure how to help a student like me make a difference. And so that's when I decided I would start an on-campus organization, which was at that time just a single chapter in St. Louis. Uh, So we got started. We wanted to see: do students care about organ donation? Are they interested in learning more and making a difference this way? And we were surprised and excited to see that this was really resonating with students across campus. And so after a few years, we decided that we would expand nationwide to make sure that all students who are passionate about organ donation can get a forum to make a difference. And then of course, that their communities can learn about the importance of organ donation.
0: That's so cool. I think if Soda had been around when I was in college. I uh, definitely would have participated that at Indiana. But Sammy, how did you first hear about
4: Soda, and what made you get involved? So about a year ago, a sorority sister of mine who was about to graduate was like, this is an amazing organization i really want to bring it to our campus but i'm graduating i need someone to take over and i was i was so excited because this was something i had always cared about and always something that stuck with me from when i was a child i was just excited to do it i was excited to bring it to our campus because it was just a different aspect of the process of medicine that isn't always talked about and isn't always recognized. And I think it really does make a difference when students care.
0: What does it mean
4: to advocate for organ
0: donation on campus?
4: On campus, I feel like a lot of students just, they're like, oh, I'm an organ donor on my license. Or they're like, I think I am. I don't really know. I think in my, while discussing with students, people have been like, oh, there's so much more I didn't realize. That is something I want to do and be a part of, because for a lot of students, it is an easy way to be involved just by having a conversation about it and signing a waiver. It really will impact a lot of people's lives. But I just think students are it's not really something they think about
2: every day. And Sammy, that's a good point, because a lot of people do recognize that organ donation is a good thing. They have it on their driver's license, but they really don't understand the process of donation. And so what are some of the things that SOTA does to educate people about the process of donation so that they can be better advocates?
4: Participants in my club and in this chapter are going to be trained so that they are fully aware of everything that SOTA does and how the whole process of organ donation works. And then those students are going to go out into other organizations and other clubs on campus and just talk to other clubs and other like frats and sororities to just kind of say, hey, like this is organ donation. This is what you can do. It's super easy. By us training members of the club, like we end up recruiting more people and just spreading awareness through other clubs.
3: Sammy, I think you touched on something really important, which is that soda chapters have the ability to create massive ripple effects within their communities. So once you have students involved with that soda chapter at University of Illinois, for example, those students are then talking about organ donation with their friends, family, coworkers, uh, you name it. And so the amount of conversations that are happening because of these soda chapters is really
0: inspiring and impactful. Sarah, I love that you use the term ripple effect. Can you tell us how many Soda chapters there are right now? We started
3: Soda in 2014 with just one chapter. By 2017, we had about three chapters, mostly in the Midwest, as that's where I'm from. And then over the past several years, we've experienced tremendous growth. And we're super excited to have just hit 30 chapters across more than 10 states and in partnership with lots of different organ procurement organizations nationwide. One of the things that's been so interesting and surprising to us as well has been that even in the pandemic, students have still been extremely interested in getting involved and making a difference. Uh, We weren't sure if we would really struggle gaining new chapters, but even uh, at the turn of the year to 2021, we had 21 chapters and we've added nine chapters this semester. So we're seeing this hunger for organ donation advocacy on campus and students are meeting that need through starting their own soda chapters.
2: Great. And Sarah and Sammy, if either one of you could answer this question, as you talk about the training and the resources, what types of events have you had and have you thought about working with maybe younger kids to get them excited, particularly high schoolers, so that when they do come to campus, they're well aware of the Soda chapter?
3: I can take the start of this and then Sammy, I'll, I'll hand it off to you. At Soda National, we provide students a host of resources to get involved. We wanna make the process as straightforward as possible for students to get involved and really remove key barriers for students that wanna make a difference. So for example, we provide Each soda chapter, the logo, we provide them sample flyers, sample PowerPoints, we help them connect with procurement organizations, provide advising and and so forth to really remove those barriers for students who want to get involved. We have soda chapters on both high school and college campuses nationwide, and we target students in the work that we do because students are influencers in their communities, and they're the ones that get to tell their parents about the importance of this cause and Really help influence other people's decisions, and so that's why we've been able to focus on students, and we think that it's such a key demographic to get involved and engaged with this important cause.
4: Um, I can take over from here. So on our campus, we're very new due to COVID. It did take us a long time to get approved by the campus, but we are in the process of talking to the Red Cross, which once a week or every other week, they have a blood drive truck on the quad. So we wanted to pair up with them so that when people are getting their blood taken, we can kind of say, hey, like, are you an organ donor? Like, how do you feel about this? How would you feel about signing up? Typically, people that are willing to give blood would also be willing to sign up to be an organ donor. And we also just will be going into high school's and reaching out everywhere. We also work with national organizations and can promote webinars. Additionally, we've also been in contact with the chapter at Wisconsin about sharing just a meeting together and having guest speakers come in so that it's more of an audience and more people are included in our events.
0: That's really cool. And I'm so glad that you know, you're able to do that and especially continue that through the pandemic and everything that's had to pivot through that. I want to thank you both so much for joining us today and educating us about SOTA. What advice would you give to someone if maybe we have a high schooler or a college student that wants to get involved? How can they do that?
4: I would say reach out to your nearest chapter. But honestly, it's a lot of independent work and just being educated yourself and looking at the resources on the website and seeing what you can do. Because I found that when I first got involved with SOTA, I was talking to my parents a lot. And I was telling them a lot about it. And then from there, they were telling my families and family members, and it just kind of spread. And I was talking to my friends. So a lot of advocates can do things on their own without having a chapter near them. However, it is nice to be able to have a group of people to bounce ideas off of.
3: Sammy, can I follow up on that question? If you were giving advice to a student that wanted to get involved with SOTA, what advice would you provide them?
4: I would say to email or honestly message on Instagram and say, hi, I'm a student. I'm really interested in being a part of your organization. Like, what can I do? When is your next meeting? Where's the right thing for me to start? And honestly, I think a lot of that is social media. So I would say just spread events and spread your beliefs like on social media to make it very aware to the public.
3: Thanks, Sammy. When students want to get involved with SODA, we try to make that process as straightforward as possible for them. We encourage students to go to our website at sodanational.org. Again, that's sodanational.org, where they can hit the chapters button and they can learn about the process to start a chapter. The first step is to take an eligibility quiz. The second step is to find a team of three students so that you're working as part of a group and really getting the community involved alongside you. And then the third step is to submit an application. We love seeing students that are interested in getting involved and SODA is here to make the process easier for students who wanna make a difference. We also encourage you to engage with us on social media. Our Instagram is at SODA national and we post quite frequently. It's a fun way to get to know what amazing work or chapters are doing across the country as well as to learn more about organ donation and the importance of student advocacy.
0: Thank you so much, both of you. I do have one more question. Luckily, when I was younger, talking about organ donation was just kind of a norm. You know, I signed up my driver's license when I was 16, just without even thinking about it. But a lot of people haven't had this conversation with their parents growing up. Have you had any people kind of react negatively towards you, towards organ donation Encountering them on campus, and if so, what have you done about
4: that? Um I can start with this one. I haven't had a negative experience. I think that everyone has been very positive and welcoming to the idea, but I have experienced people that are a little superstitious and they think they're like once I sign up, like I know something's gonna bad is gonna happen to me. And I think that's like difficult to respond to when people are very superstitious or when people Or like, I'll be an organ donor like later, like I'll do it later. You never know what's going to happen. And if it is something that you want to do and be a part of, like, just do it now and help now, because you really do never know what's going to happen. But that is hard to explain to people sometimes. Um, And you don't want to like pressure them into anything, of course. But I do think that if it's something you want to do, you should, why wait?
3: Sammy, I think you did a great job of capturing that.
4: One of the pieces of advice
3: that I give to student leaders across the country is to always focus on the facts of organ donation. We wanna make sure to reinforce facts rather than myths. And so we wanna move away from that myths and facts language and focus on what is true about organ donation, uh, how many lives people can save, what an impact they can make by being an organ donor. And then of course, to address people's concerns, but to do it in a way that's really reinforcing those facts.
0: Thank you both so much for joining us today. This was truly great. And I hope that a lot of college or high school students are listening to this and will want to form their own Soda chapter. So thank you so much for your time. We hope so as well. Thanks so much for having us. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Let's Talk Hope. We encourage you to start the conversation about organ and tissue donation with your loved ones today and make your wishes known. You can register to become a donor on giftofhope.org or by texting hope to 51555.